How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman Dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean By providence impoverished and squalor Grow up to be a hero and a scholar The ten dollar Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Middle of Row the Podcast This week we are down a man as we were last week when I wasn't here this week we're down a Ben as we discuss the Disney Plus release of the state original cast stage production of Hamilton. Everybody pretty much knows what Hamilton is, I would say, by now. I don't think we should do a spoiler-free section for this. But yeah, the stage play is an adaptation of... I don't know the book off the top of my hand, head. It was adapted by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It was a he was reading a uh, the there's a famous clip of him debuting one of the songs at a White House event with Obama, and he told the story about how he just got wrapped up in the story of Hamilton uh, while he was reading the biography in question. Uh, it was just called Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow. Yeah, so that book, he was just enthralled, and he just started getting all these ideas, and then he adapted it into this musical. Um, He had already been pretty successful in the realm with his previous effort in The Heights, which I've never seen an adaptation of. But I was looking forward to the movie that was supposed to come out this summer. I don't even think they're talking about that. That doesn't even get the release date. Unless it wasn't supposed... Maybe it was an August (laughs) release. So maybe that's why we haven't heard it about it yet. But um, yeah. You've seen the trailer, right? Uh, I don't even think I watched the trailer. Maybe It was good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Just it just on IMDb, uh, it has expected June 18th, 2021. Oh, so they did delay it like a whole year. Okay. Who's the director of that? It's John. Uh, John M. Chu. Uh, yeah. Um, he's, he did st- the, some of the Step Up movies, I believe. Ooh. And Crazy Rich Asians. And, oh, yeah. Um, well, so let's he go back is, to the Step Up movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was excited to oh, see wait, no, him. He did a bad um, one. <laughs> <laughs> which one's the bad one he did step up revolution and step up all in or no those are just producing the, let's see what he actually directed which, which one's the 3d one because that one that's step up 3d <laughs> okay uh oh he did that one. Oh no he did a co- yeah. he did step up to the streets that one was okay they kind of go i like the first one <laughs> but he directed gi joe retaliation yes he did which had a ninja mountain sequence in it which was pretty legit <laughs> the, uh, he's a good director uh, so I'm excited for that projects. but we got waylaid <laughs> from uh, Hamilton which um, became a giant success one of the biggest cultural phenomenons of the last 20 years for sure And but it being a Broadway show even with it being perforated pretty broadly across the country with I know it's been to to San Francisco a few times. It has two permanent shows in Chicago and, uh, well, before COVID, obviously. But that's a big reason why we were able to review it today because Disney but had bought the rights to the show's recording, ca- original cast recording. When was it recorded? 2016? Yeah, 2016. It was supposed to not come out till next year and it was supposed to come out theatrically next year. But uh, I'm, whoever crunched the number, they, they decided it was okay to release it now, uh, seeing that there's no money to be made from Broadway shows. And I guess they figured 
all this is going to do is spur more people to want to maybe go see it whenever they possibly could again. And we're all the greater for it. I'm kind of surprised they didn't make it rentable like some productions have been doing right now because they could have raised a ton of money for the theater. That's true. But Disney already had paid like $70 million for it. So, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know when that deal actually happened, but... (laughs) I guess a while back. That would have been a good idea though, Lauren. But um, the I guess before we jump into talking about the show itself, we can talk about our history with it. Um, I had listened to the cast recording a number of, number of times before getting to see the first... Uh, when it came to San Francisco, that was the first traveling um, uh, show version of it. So it was, it was essentially like the top of the top performers. Uh, I'm sure it's still, the touring company is still really great regardless, but that was, you got basically the cream of the crop. Everybody who wanted to be in that show was going for it. And um, it was a real big deal. So I think we probably saw one of the better presentation. A lot of the people who were in that touring company were understudies and had, I think had even worked on maybe had taken over. Anyways, I had seen and been a huge fan, fan of the show and was blown away when i saw it live and i guess to this i think this does a really great job too in its own way getting to see the performances even closer i I was like a second i was in the not orchestra level but i had a really decent seat i thought for the show and but you can really get in their faces here and um I, i found it this to be almost nearly as effective as seeing it in the theater, to be quite honest with you, especially because you get to see some of the original performances. Um, So that's my brief synopsis and history with it. Um, Lauren and John, what had you guys done with this show before getting to see it on Disney Plus? I knew Alexander Hamilton was a person (laughs) and I have been to a theater before. (laughs) And that is my history with this production. Did you not know his dueling history? No, I knew not. History no. is my worst subject. I can basically, okay. the only thing I've remembered from time is that uh, China like created gunpowder and Titanic <laughs> sunk in Fireworks. 1912. That's like all I remember <laughs> from history. Um, so yeah, I knew this uh, was a great production. I'd heard all the accolades and just hype for it so much so that I was almost scared to see it at this point. Because I will say there have been other overhyped shows, uh, Book of Mormon, that I eventually saw and just it wasn't for me. <laughs> but So I was very scared to watch this, but fortunately, I enjoyed it still. But I don't know if you want me to talk about that so much as just keep going about history right now. John, what was your history? <laughs> I think my second year, either my second or third year teaching, which I think is when this came out, 2015... Yeah, around that time, it had come out, it had, like, blown up, and the mixtape or the cast recording or whatever was, like, going around, and I remember kids in my class, like, rapping to it, and I was like, what, like, what are you guys, like, singing slash rapping, talking about or whatever, and then I found out about Hamilton, and I think I watched the White House performances of it, and sort of was exposed to it through that, but I I never went as far I never got a chance to see it live in theater or I never tried to like spoil it and like watch parts of it online or like during the Tonys or anything like that so but you hadn't you hadn't even listened to the complete recording no I I I did also want to kind of remain pure and kind of like I did Mm -hmm. not want to 
jump the gun, so to speak. Like, I kind of want to experience everything in its full at the same time for the first time. So, yeah. And how did it play for you, too? Um, I, I think, um, yeah, obviously, something with this much acclaim has its merits. I think, first of all, the concept of, I forget what the term or the phrase they use, like, telling America's story with America today, I think is a it it might seem like just like a superficial like face value kind of service or something like that but it plays very well and plays in in plays very beautifully in terms of getting this theme that this original founding founder and his immigrantness potentially had nothing to do with his whiteness in terms of or his whiteness had nothing to do with his immigrantness when it came to how he made his stake or how he made his claim in the in the new world in the colonies at the time and how he rose um, through the ranks. So I think that was incredibly powerful as well as mixing and blending the genres that could be present on a Broadway stage. And I'm not sure if In the Heights was the first to sort of do that. I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen a musical since like I, well I've seen a music I've seen Matilda twice for whatever reason, in my adult life. Um, but I haven't seen another musical either recorded or on stage since I was, like, in, like, middle school. And that was, like, Sound of Music, West Side Story, Newsies, that kind of thing. So I can't speak to whether or not, like, it is unique for that reason, although I, I hear it is. and But it works very well, and it's deeply entertaining, and it just adds a variety to musicals that I think people can, especially people who might not be comfortable or attracted by or appealed by musicals, it might appeal to them in that way. Yeah, it worked really well for Ben. Yeah. I mean, Ben's the <laughs> whitest guy I know, so. <laughs> um, love you, Ben. Uh, so, yeah, so the diversity of the cast, the diversity of the music and song, but then also. It's a beautiful stage production. It's a very minimalistic stage and lighting design. And there were several times during it where I was just like, oh, that was blocked really cleverly. Or, oh, this is very engaging. So yeah, so there are so many technical and foundational aspects of it that make it a great production. That being said, there are parts of it where I felt like the biographical component of it played maybe too didactically. And it was strange to sort of have the musical or the production itself be very aware of that and very aware of, hey, we're telling you the biography or the Cliff Notes version of Alexander Hamilton's life story. So that was that that kind of pulled me away from the beauty and the showmanship and just being immersed in the stories from time to time. But that being said, not to the point where I don't think the emotional beats still didn't hit hard. So whether it was like the final, the final overture or the final uh, musical number or different numbers throughout, uh, they were still as emotionally poignant. I, if anything, this makes me interested to kind of investigate two different things. One, whether or not there's other biographical musicals and how they play and whether or not uh, they're as effective or better or worse than Hamilton. And two, uh, 1776, because 
I know the concept of doing a musical about the Founding Fathers or the American Revolution is not unique in and of itself also. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see if I could track down a, a copy of 1776. I feel like I watched that in elementary school now that you mention it, but I can't remember it at all. I've had um, Mr. Feeney play John <laughs> Adams. Oh, really? That's awesome. And also, not to keep rambling on and on, but... Truly, the some of the performances in this are incredible. Philippa Sue, Leslie Odom Jr., Renee Elise Goldsberry, David Diggs, Anthony Ramos, who will be in uh, in the Heights. But Jonathan Groff, Jonathan Groff, I thought was hilarious and so good. Yeah, like truly inspired performances. I think if I could pinpoint one, David Diggs, like. The biggest success of Hamilton is the fact that we have him in more stuff now. Because he was a pleasure to watch. If there's anything I can complain about, it's that now that I'm looking at the cast list, when this was workshopped at Vassar, gosh, I'm, I'm going to do a terrible job being a brown person right now. But Aaron Burr was originally played by Utkarsh Umbudkar, <laughs> who was in Pitch Perfect. He's going to be in Free oh. Guy. He's in stuff that you might He's like. Great, Were, recognize was it the him. Oscars recently that he did a rap at? Maybe I'm not sure. I actually, so. I can't remember what show it was. But it so was I, awesome. that was the Oscars, I think. My my first and prominent introduction to him was in the the problem with a poo documentary that <laughs> Hari Kondabolu put on. He he has a prominent role in that because he played a character in The Simpsons who was like. Apu's nephew, who is super, like, a westernized and that kind of thing. And he was, like, criticizing, like, why you gotta be a stereotype, man? Um, anyway, <laughs> he was the original Aaron Burr. And why did he not get to play? Do you have the Wikipedia? I, I have no. Did, did he? I have no. Did he idea. have to do a Pitch Perfect movie and couldn't do it or something? I have. That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, I mean, Leslie Odom Jr. was phenomenal oh, he's in- as well. He's incredible. Um, I just think it's, I mean, it's interesting. You've got, like, Asian Americans, Latin Americans, African Americans, both, like, Black Americans and, like, like first generation African Americans. You've got, like, every cream of the crop. It, it would have been awesome to have some South Asian blood in the mix. Mm-hmm. Lauren, what do you think of the show? I agree that I don't think there's even a, well, I mean, there's a point of listing the people in it because it gives them, th- like, just the praise they deserve but it's like there's not really i can't rank anyone as being like a standout performance just because everyone is spectacular in this and like just the writing is phenomenal like linwin like i don't how do you even come up with this stuff uh it's crazy but um i will say at first like the the theater design major in me who focused on set design was a little bummed that like it was just like a stationary set the whole time. And like the fact that the stairs moved at one point, I was just like, yeah, finally. But um, like then it went back to not doing anything. So I was the kind of bummed was about that. The rotating a lot. Oh, I know. That's like, that's the saving grace of it. And like, there's so much dancing that um, set scenes and whatnot that you need all the stage to have that. So like it ended up working out for me. And just like the back, the flats and everything, if you actually paid attention to like, the detail work to it it was a very beautiful set even if it only had like one set it was really well done so i ended up appreciating it in the end and like i don't think lighting design it was very simplistic it didn't stand out to me other than the jonathan groff thing where he like he stomped because he wanted it to be blue or something and it changed (laughs) so that was great like he was probably my favorite performance just because it was so comical and like it stood out in that way but everyone's phenomenal in this 
I did. I. What do you think of the hurricane piece? That okay. That one was my favorite bit when like the people were like moving just set like uh, set dressing and people around in the air. It yeah. Was, like, it was such a cool moment. It was also kind of stood out oddly because there was. It seemed like so grand in comparison to a lot of the other stuff that happened. But yeah. um, but I still just loved it so much. And well, like the it, just the floor rotating just played into so many different themes about like just being a cog and like building this um, country and just working together and then dueling and like competition when they spin around each other and all this yeah. stuff. So it's like I love the floor. It was probably my favorite thing. <laughs> i was really excited i think going into the seeing it live having listened to the the cast recording so many times i was most excited to see how they did um the rewind segment oh that was uh, between the two skylar sister songs and i was really blown away by that i think that's a good point to transition to what our favorite numbers were and i think both times i saw it satisfied is the song and the production and the performance that gets me the most i think yeah i eventually gave up writing down my favorite song possibilities because (laughs) there were so many i think if i had to choose one it would probably be um dear theodosia just Mm because leslie odom jr's voice is so beautiful when he's singing that Mm -hmm. and like there's also um i don't know if you've listened to the mixtape at all but uh uh regina specter and um ben folds do that song Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I love it even more because of that. But Burn was also great. And, but like, seriously, just everyone is so phenomenal that even if like the song content are the way, like you maybe don't like it as much as the others, it's still just, there's so much to it that you can find something to love in every single number. For sure. But I think there's also times with those numbers where they really stretch or it just innovate what a Broadway number could be. So like, <laughs> like for what you were talking about, Zach, with a... Uh, with satisfied and the rewind portion like from a directorial like standpoint or perspective as well like to have the entire scene rewind and kind of refocus on one character's perspective and then react it out Mm -hmm. um and then for it to build on this kind of emotional tension of like oh this is what she was thinking though behind the scenes and like it worked so well i love that number two just because like it was not too long ago that I watched Little Women, so it reminded me a bunch of um, the one sister who was always talking about how she couldn't really marry for love. She had to marry for money because it was just what was required of her. This remi- That yeah. song reminded me a lot of that. And like, I kind of wonder, like, with the spinning floor, it also, like, just kind of played with time in that way or stuff keeps moving. Yeah. And I kind of, I wish I could, I'll have to go back now and see if there's ever a time that, like, I can only really remember it turning clockwise. I wonder if it ever went the other direction. That would have been really cool in this number if it had turned um, counterclockwise, just for whole going back in time. Well, and I think you bring up a great theme that I didn't appreciate during this uh, during this watch is that this the show is done with this perspective or awareness that it is telling the biography or the story of Alexander Hamilton and telling it like it says kind of at the end, sort of one of the founding fathers that we don't know a lot about or we don't hear a lot about outside of the duel with Aaron Burr. And this this theme that it builds to at the end of how will you be re- remembered? How will you leave your legacy? Uh, which is a message that is universal apart from the context of the American Revolution and enriches the story as a whole. And that set piece of the spinning the spinning concentric circles kind of 
contributes to that theme or that exploration of like time keeps on turning like what are you doing why are you always like racing against time they say um in the song or racing against the clock and it's it's things like that little details and how they kind of weave together which which just make this production as a whole so so thoroughly and thoughtfully just thought out compared to what you would imagine enough like say compared to like say Matilda which I saw recently or whatever right it's not just trying to tell a story and be entertaining and have like cool flashy set pieces and song and dance numbers it's trying to convey a message yeah which is this the more I talk with you guys about it the more I think about and especially when I think back to that last number when they talk about throwing away your shot and it's why I chose my background picture so apparently like the story behind it is he actually like willingly was going to do that because like he accepted the duel for the sake of his honor but practically speaking and politically speaking he had too many people relying on him that he wasn't gonna he didn't want to die or he didn't want to continue he didn't want to take someone else's life and like taint his political legacy that way because i think duels were actually still illegal or whatever uh not in jersey Jersey. everything's legal (laughs) (laughs) um so so the i so the irony behind him saying at the very beginning of the show i'm not going to throw away my shot to the very end where he's very intentionally deciding to throw away his shot mm-hmm. i thought was also to design a theme around very smart was jersey like current day florida for them <laughs> <laughs> is jersey not florida for us now <laughs> Yeah, I don't no, know. Florida, Florida is all on its own. I think uh, I, I lived in Jersey for like a couple months when I was super little, so I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Do I remember it? No, I was not old enough to remember it. But. One of the interesting things of like, like having been a big fan of having listened to the cast recordings and going in is so in the cast recordings, most everything of the show is in there except the John Lawrence death is not. Because it's it's all spoken in the show, so it wasn't on the cast recording. Was he the friend that dies? Yeah, the friend that okay. dies. But so that was an interesting, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. That was like you got to see that for the first time, and I think it's a pretty effective scene. But to pair with that, you get to see the through line of who's the actor who plays John Lawrence and Young. Anthony Ramos. Okay, yeah. he. His through line through the story, like getting to visually see that of like he's in the first duel, then he he doesn't get killed by a duel, but then but then he get he then he dies in the duel as the son, and like mm. the mirroring of all that and like seeing it on stage. I don't know if I s- realize it on stage, but like um, watching when I saw it live, I should say we're still seeing it on stage. Seeing him, seeing Burr reference directly him. Like, it makes it clear that he's referencing him that uh, wind up dead. And then it, it John Lawrence comes in and starts bragging in the first song. Of the fi- of the of the core group, he's the one who dies before the act break, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of little story beats like that. I think even seeing it in this video production, like I said, seeing that... I didn't pick up on that when I saw the stage version. Like, their proximity and, like, even the framing of it on this recording does a really great job of, like doing all that foreshadowing work that Miranda I mean they lace it through so much of the show and, and, and a million other things as well but um, yeah I, I just think that the proximity you get to have in this live recording just elevates so many of those little bits and pieces mm-hmm. as well and the whole cast is doing great 
facial work too uh, like M- miranda i think is like the guy who i saw live i think is a better singer and like did the performance even better than miranda did but i really appreciated miranda's acting that you get to see like he just b- sells everything so well and actually i think miranda actually makes up for any of his shortcomings he's a good singer talented singer in the way that he does the his um spoken word portion when the shot is coming towards him like his plead before he he dies basically uh where all the music drops out and he's just talking to you which i think his his inflection and his his performance in that moment makes up for any dings you want to throw at him just some things that even stood out more i think in this version of it one thing i want to say before i kind of also mentioned what stood out to me in terms of acting or song numbers I do think, and this is like maybe a legit gripe, I do think for having probably the most emotionally resonant moments for me, I think it was kind of a shame that the women in the story really don't, are never given a perspective into like how they had, what effect they had on the revolution or the forming of the nation or that kind of thing. It was all within the context of relational stuff but i think you could argue That's like the, the amount that the amount that he gives to them is already way more than the history books already you know like yeah no fair enough yeah but like that final song i was still just like man i want eliza hamilton's musical i don't want this one anymore i want that one <laughs> no that's fair uh i think we also need to talk about uh the rap battles in the constant in in the washington cabinet like those <laughs> were so thoroughly entertaining and times when it was like the skeptic in me was like, oh, this is just schoolhouse rock live, which whatever. <laughs> and I thought back to like, I think last year or two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, uh, my school got an opportunity to take a bunch of students. I forget either ninth graders or maybe 11th graders to go see Hamilton live at the Fox. And I was like, oh, this would be like a great moment to show them this essentially exhibits or shows you the difference in fil- like political philosophy between Jefferson and Hamilton or whatever. But that didn't take away from the entertainment value of it. And it gave David Diggs like time to like strut his stuff as well, which I really appreciated. He was great and illuminating other parts of the show, but I think that's where he probably got the most acclaim. I mean, he had to rap with a French accent at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is the big step up to, I don't think I mentioned this, or like, the guy the guy who played Lafayette Jefferson in the production I saw was excellent and great, like, but Diggs just has an energy and a charisma that, like, really can't be topped. He won a Grammy to Tony for this? That's awesome. Yeah. He beat, I think Groff was nominated as well with him in supporting, and then Odom Jr. was in a lead and beat Miranda. And then I believe who uh I'm sorry, I'm dropping their name. I think Goldsbury won as well for yeah, for best actress. Mm. Who is also was in Waves last year, I'm pretty sure. She was excellent in that movie and one of her first roles outside of the stage at least post Hamilton. David Diggs also is quite good in Blind Spotting if you ever saw that movie. Was Lin-Manuel Miranda good in the Harry the Harry Potter movie, uh, <laughs> Mary Poppins movie. I think he I was successful. It. He was successfully doing the Cockney thing, I guess that uh, he was supposed to be 
the Dick Van Dyke in that movie. So we'll give him credit for that. So Diggs, yeah, he is. He was another one of the big step steps up in this version, having um, in contrast to the stage version, uh, getting to see his actual live performance. You can feel his charisma and energy come through the cast recordings, but getting to see him as well was just one of the bigger delights for sure. With the whole original cast, I should say, too. Anybody got anything else on Hamilton? There was a Vox article, or a a Wall Street Journal article, which, like, created an algorithm to try to dissect and analyze the rhyming schemes and patterns in, (laughs) in the songs. And I was just like, like, that's a testament to how crazy of a production this is. No other musical will inspire that type of think piece. So, I don't know. I will say, I there's like a moment with musicals where you feel an inherent kind of pathos and a deep connection with. And I didn't feel that as much as I did with the trailer to In the Heights, which I'm not sure what that says. I think it'll be interesting to see a more traditional story arc within a lot of the same stylistic components of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's design uh, combined together. Because again, I think some of the more biographical kind of like, here's this like uh, influential moment and here's this controversial moment and then there's this aspect of his life. I think some of that took away kind of from the pacing of the film or the, excuse me, the production in the sense of it made it seem too much like a production, I guess. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just because I just came off um, The Last of Us, and I think that uh, Aaron Burr is the Abbey of this production. But um, <laughs> I just really appreciated them, like, with you saying that everyone, like, deserves to have their history told or whatever, I really appreciated them telling these other stories and making him uh, a sympathetic character because at the end of the play, when they're singing, he's talking about how he was made the villain of everything. Yeah. And that, that's how people know him. And yeah. so it was really, I just really loved the um, dynamics and like just as the show's going that you get to see so many different sides of this. And it's like Hamilton is kind of a jerk. Not a great mm-hmm. dude, but you still kind of feel bad for him. But I love uh, Lynn Man- well, Miranda did um, Drunk History at one point. And I just love when he was talking about Hamilton, he was just talking about how he wasn't a great guy and everything. It's just, but um, I don't know. I just love that. But there's so well, many different. Te- oh, sorry, go. go. No, oh, no, I was done. I was rambling. I, I was going to say, <laughs> even to include a big portion of it, and again, it still casts him in a sympathetic light, but to include it, nonetheless, uh, the part about his uh, his affairs and the the Reynolds pamphlets or whatever they were called, I mean, yeah, they were they were they would be almost too big of a thing to ignore, but the way they handled it, I think, was very even handed. Hmm. I mean. People contain multitudes, you know, and he does a great job at doing that across the board. I mean, the most so with Burr and Hamilton, obviously. Uh, I I, I love the way that they get across Burr's rationalization for why Mm -hmm. he shot like the glasses and there was something with his gun like why why he had every oh, intention just like he was fiddling with the triggers or something i don't remember yeah. what it was he like he had every intention to believe that hamilton might actually shoot him yeah, especially like after mentioned, their years of he mentioned about how like all of the men that served under him or whatever knew he was a horrible shot so it's like he never expected to even win this duel basically mm-hmm. but speaking of that plant fam- 
pamphlet. Jeez. Uh, I think one of my favorite little details about the staging of this was when, I, I think it might have been da um, David Diggs, when uh, he gave one of the pamphlets to the the um, orchestra pit, like the conductor, <laughs> he handed yeah. one down to that person. I yeah. don't know. If, I yeah. couldn't remember if it was a man or a woman under there, but whoever was conducting, he gave them a pamphlet. And it was just like one of my favorite little beats. Yeah, like, little I, details. I caught that too. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a cute little moment. I mean, there's so many great lines in these songs. Did you guys write any down? Oh, I wish I did. There, there were some great one-liners and yeah. uh, humorous moments. Like, I think one of my favorite ones was uh, your perfume smells like your daddy's got money. That was a good one. Um, I liked a, um, if there's a fire you're trying to douse, um, you can't put it out from inside the house. That was a good one. And then time to pay the piper for the pants you unbuckled. It's like, that was another good one. There was a, there was one. So in, in regards to like the historical accuracy, I was just reading on the Wikipedia um shoot where is it oh, it's a bit it's higher up hold on shoot i'm missing it i had it just a second ago while you're looking for that another detail that i loved was uh when they said martha washington named her feral tomcat after him and he just comes mm -hmm. up he's like that's true oh, <laughs> so that was it so oh gosh hold on where is the comment so wikipedia has a great okay so D during Act One, the character of Aaron Burns says that Martha Washington named her favorite Tomcat after <laughs> Hamilton. To which Alexander Hamilton replies, "That's true. In fact, it is false. Like that's <laughs> the exact that's the exact phrasing on the Wikipedia article." And when I read that, I was just like, "Oh gosh." That bums me. I ha I hate you for telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> but who 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 knows who? If it must have been written in the book Hamilton uh, Miranda was reading, I said, "Yeah." I, but I've, curious to see who um who debunked that fact but they, then you know every i mean obviously there's there there's no one recording of all this shit that happened back then like like there's two accounts that there, there's people that will say hamilton took a shot at burr too mm -hmm. you know like yeah yeah han solo did it <laughs> yeah and when all the scorned wives are like ruining all the documentation of everything happening it's hard to keep track of history <laughs> Anybody got anything else on Hamilton? Probably. You, oh yeah, did you guys know that there was a there there's a play that came out in response to Hamilton called The Haunting <laughs> of Lin Manuel Miranda, which is essentially a critique of like the historical inaccuracies of the musical, and it it was it's told in like a style kind of like. Uh, Oh my gosh! What is just it? try to turn your lights on. <laughs> what what's the uh what's a Christmas Carol? Sorry, with mm. Charles Dickens, where like Lin Manuel Miranda is visited by the ghost of these different actual historical figures, and they talk about some of the things he took a liberty with 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 his uh, production. But the thing that was crazy, I saw it on Twitter. Someone said, "I can't help but forget that Toni Morrison hated Hamilton so much she helped co-produce." a musical about how bad it was. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, Toni Morrison up for to like, produce a critique of this. So, and I thought that was interesting because I think in the days that followed this getting released on Disney+, Plus, there was, there was like the movement of people who I think trying to find a respite from everything that had been going on in the country and that was being shown in the news, rightfully justifiably so, were kind of 
wanting to either go back to it to kind of just be encouraged or be enlightened by it or people who had never seen it before who want to have that experience first off and i was i was pleasantly surprised by the number of people who maybe were critical of the play or critical of people doing that because they're like oh you're just escaping from the reality of like what's going on now and this is distracting from bigger issues so i thought that was interesting especially when so much of i mean maybe maybe it goes more towards uh immigration issues but i don't know so much of just the representation of the cast speaks to sort of the idea that we want our america to look like america today but then still be founded on those values that we cling to or whatever in terms of equality and justice and freedom for all and whatnot. I mean, there was definitely some topicality in this, I think. Like at yeah. one point, someone's, I can't remember if it was um, one of Davy Diggs's characters or if it was Hamilton, but someone said the people are leading and then Washington said the people are rioting. And I was just like, president's gonna president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think also that kind of commentary between, especially in the first act of the production when you had Hamilton and uh, Lafayette and Lawrence and Mulligan. Mulligan, who were like seen as these revolutionaries and these young upstarts. And they were, they they were gung ho and full steam ahead behind this idea that revolution was the way you get things done. And then you had Aaron Burr, who was like this temperate moderate to be like, no, no, no. Like, be smart about this. Be strategic. That kind of thing. I was like, how is this How is this musical written, like, way before, like, now? Or even, like, I, I guess was it released before Ferguson or around that time as well? When was Ferguson? Ferguson was... This was post that, I believe. Because Ferguson was 2014, right? Yeah, it must have been. Oh, uh, yeah. And then this was August this 10, per- 2014. And then this premiered in January. Well, I it had, but in I guess their defense, in Lin Manuel's defense, he first did the like workshop at Vassar, right? So in 2013. So, mm. well, I mean, history is cyclical. It's not like Ferguson was the first time anything shitty no. happened. <laughs> no, this is fair. This is fair. There's always somebody saying "whoa, whoa, whoa" now, too. Even <laughs> if you consider yourself a progressive, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, Hamilton. Ben should watch it in its entirety. <laughs> I was just reading that apparently recently Hamilton, or sorry, Miranda was asked about a adaptation, a film adaptation, and he seems less not like it doesn't seem like a sure thing anymore. Which I seem I think seems crazy. There's too mm-hmm. much money to be made, but. <laughs> But at the same time, like, his his whole thing is, like, I don't know how this looks as a movie, which is what I was kind of saying right before we started, and I stopped myself. Because I don't know how you adapt this into a movie and keep the flow of things going. Because the, the movie, or the show is nonstop, to quote the show itself. And it is... I mean, so was Les Mis. Yeah, that's true. But some people hated that movie, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I guess it could be done, but I'd be intrigued. I would, I would, just like I was intrigued to see how they were going to do, like, the the rewind section, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I would love to see how they handle a lot of this and adapting it to a a film, if and when. That does happen. Give me my adaptation of Wicked first. I've been waiting for that forever. (laughs) 
I was so disappointed with the back half of Wicked. It was just like, remember all that? You remember? You need to remember what happened in the Wizard of Oz movie, <laughs> and we're going to fill in every little detail in between that. Yeah, I don't really remember Wicked that well, other than it has phenomenal music. I think the first half is great. Um, it was the second half that I was like, it just feels like, literally it feels like you jump to all the in-between scenes of every scene in yeah. the, the, the movie. Um, Okay. I think that's gonna do it for hamilton and you can watch it on disney plus you should it's great don't listen to ben yeah get in the room where it's happening or whatever the song is <laughs> <laughs> next week i believe we are doing the book of eli nope lied we're doing <laughs> palm, palm springs Spring. uh we had another new release being made available to us that we're all intrigued to watch I mean, I'm sure they're very similar movies. (laughs) (laughs) Palm Springs better not open up with a cat being murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Palm Springs stars Andy Samberg, and I don't know who else is in it. Are you kidding me? Kristen Milotti? Milotti? See, but you're looking at it. (laughs) I'm not looking at it. She's she's the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Come on. Come on, Zach. Um, I knew that she, she was in it. I just don't know that person's name. Miliodi? I don't know how you pronounce it. I more know J.K. her Simmons? from Fargo. She was in, uh, I think she was in one of the seasons of Fargo. I know her from nothing. You're welcome. She was also <laughs> in, she was in the episode of Black Mirror. She was Mirror. in The Wolf of Wall Street, so I saw her at some point. So, Palm Springs. It's on Hulu. It got well-reviewed out of Sundance. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing it. I hope it's good. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't know if somebody watched the trailer. The premise. I'm not even going to spoil the premise. I watched like 10 seconds of it and saw too much. So I immediately (laughs) stopped it. Um, Yeah. So we're going to do Palm Springs next week. I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me where you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. Middle of the row on Facebook. And yeah. Rate and review the podcast. You should follow... uh, Ben on Twitter as well, at Ben Grigsby. Or no, at the, the Grigsby Ben. I apologize. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at another Rahul J. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Middle of Red. It's so sad. We've done like 150 episodes or something. I still don't know who does what in the outro. I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at Middle of Yeah, Jesus. No one goes there anyway. Thanks for listening. Go watch Palm Springs. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. Those soldier boys took it over themselves to win all-